Welcome to another episode of Dad's Rules with Kevin Belzer. And again, we are joined by Melissa Belzer. Hi. I don't know if I said your name in the last time we were <laughs> I don't on know. here. But it's all right. It would have been in the show notes, so it's yeah. all good. They they can read. That, that, I hope so. That is actually a good point. Maybe they can't read. So now the Maybe ones that some, can't? If you couldn't read it in the last one, just have somebody read it for you, and it would have said that it was Melissa Belzer. <laughs> So I want to ask you a question. All right. Okay. So when you go to a amusement park, what is your favorite ride? Ooh. Any, any and all roller coasters. Upside down, up high down. I, I will, standing up, like Iron Wolf, I don't know what they're called these days, but any and all roller coasters. Do you have a favorite roller coaster? <laughs> Well, I went on the Batman when that was a thing. Your feet dangle, and you do a loop-de-loop thing. I don't know. That was pretty fun. Well, the Batman you got to do from the front, though. You don't want to be back a ways. You got to do it in like I, the front row. I was row. in front. Yeah, no, I, 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 I know. We we waited because yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a longer line at Six Flags in Chicago. Yeah. Is the Batman front row? Yeah. Because everyone wants that because it literally feels like you're flying. It does. It was pretty. I don't know if it's still a ride, but it was pretty amazing. That was. Well, if it's not a ride, there are a bunch of stupid poopy heads for not having any more. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to agree a little bit. It's a really great roller coaster. Probably it's, my favorite. It's crazy. You stand in line for an, an hour and a half mm -hmm. to ride it for maybe... No, 60 seconds, I think, is what Yeah, 60 was. seconds is yeah. how long the ride is, but yeah. the line is yeah. an hour and a half. Right. No, it's, it's a quick... And then probably second would be the Iron Wolf because if, if memory serves, if that's the one, it does this giant loop to loop. But I think it's a, I think it was a standing roller coaster. So it was standing up. That was that really that you want to talk about feeling like you're flying because you're standing. That was well. Then very you maybe you maybe get on this one there that was made of wood. <laughs> the uh, Screaming Eagle or something. Oh my gosh! There <laughs> was, was a great. photo. It was now, so scary. We were so poor then that we were po. <laughs> Meaning, we probably didn't pay to get into the park. Somebody probably get, gave us tickets. They did, actually. I think right. they did. So we didn't pay to get in. So we didn't have the money Wonderful to buy the photo at the end where no, they show. Oh, I know. That would have been the best. I had this sheer look of terror on my face because I thought the road coaster was going to like literally fly off. That that image is, in, is, is one of the things that is burned into my memory forever. Is that was the best face. So we will both agree that, that roller coasters are exciting. Roller coasters are very exciting. Okay, so what do you think of Ferris wheels? <sighs> They're slow and less interesting. <laughs> Unless you're having a conversation, then it's kind of nice, whatever. But if you're looking for excitement, not the ride. Not the ride I would choose. The really big ones where you go really high, some people will get freaked out by the heights. That that can make it a little fun. You're like, get me stuck at the top. Stop at the top. Stop at the top. And other people are like, no. But a standard roller coaster, or Ferris, Ferris wheel. wheel. Standard Ferris it's wheel just, is maybe maybe two, three stories yeah, tops. Yeah, it's, it's not my favorite ride. Unlike the one in Vegas, it's like, I don't know, Gigantic. 50 stories or something know, ridiculous. 50 stories. And costs like $1,000 to ride on it. <laughs> I don't know if either of those things are true, but... They are in my mind. We had a recent episode in November called Perception is Your Reality, yeah. where 
it, if that is my fact of the day, it is true until new information until is inputted telling me that you're fucking wrong. It's true until it isn't. <laughs> exactly. So okay. you're licensed in real estate, but you've never, for the camera, tell them that you've never sold a home. I, I've never sold a home because that was never my going to be my thing. <clears throat> But you are licensed, so you kind of you, you, you kind of know from the periphery. You know how to converse with me about real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just not yet. Yes. So in real estate, you can have a business that does one of two things. You can have it either roller coaster <laughs> or Ferris wheel. Now, uh -huh. roller coaster in real estate is not good. Times. That that is very bad. Well, it's not very bad. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Well. I would say it actually it's is chilling. very bad. And, and, it can be very bad. And I know I talk in real estate world a lot on here because that's what I'm in. But it's really any sales job to where you get some clients and, yep, you're, you're ticking up, ticking up. And then when you get paid, you're at the height. But, but then it starts going back down because get, guess what you forgot to do? Oh, get some more. Get some new clients. <laughs> You forgot to get some new clients, so that's that's bad. There's excuses that we all give about why that happens. We're like we think that all our time needs to be spent on that client. It does not. It, no, it, it it really does not. No, because you've seen from the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. You've seen from my world. How long do you think that a buyer, a or a seller? Actually, both. How long do you think they take in the 30-day time frame from them going under contract to close? They get their money, we get our money. How long? How many hours do you think that is? To get from escrow to close? Yeah, to get from the starting process to the to the in paid working process. with the client. Yeah, how oh, many hours? A lot of hours. You think so? Well. If you're just going, okay, well, not for you, you go take them out, you're like, oh, they got a house and they're an escrow. So for you, it's not so much. But but if you got to do that, but sometimes you got to like walk them through the process and it's a first time home. You do, but, but how long do like those phone calls take to walk them through different stages? And then you think about there's a home inspection, there's inspection repair requested, there's talks with the lender, with oh, title. Oh, there's boxes to check for but sure. How it's many hours do you really think that takes? Because let's say that you only worked 40 hours a month, or 40 hours a week, a I week. should say. So 160 hours is available during the course of that 30 days. How many hours of that 160 hours do you think would take to close oh, that one client? you're talking about boiled down time. Oh, yeah. Of actual time. Yeah, not, oh. not, not, not. Um, sitting there and the... pontificating and <laughs> meditating over the client. How long do you actually think it takes? Um, I'm just curious from somebody that's not in it every day, what you think, what you think it is? I mean, you're talking about just actual client time, not driving to them or anything like that. Uh, it can be all of it. You can oh. have that. You can have that in too if you want. Okay, no, I, I mean like, most okay, most we, clients. Well, most clients won't require you to drive to them because most things are phone calls. No, I've seen some where you're. It's less than an hour, <laughs> and then others where it seems like forty. Okay, so you're gonna say. <laughs> Well, I don't think it's ever been 40. No, it seems, no, I said it seems like it. Uh, it's, I've seen where it's, you've just met with a client, right in the house, boom, and then, and then you're just basically just 
kind of sometimes just a little bit of email. Quick sign this, quick sign that. Okay, now this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You're just doing your updates, like 30 second pops and it might be a couple hours. Oh yeah, I, I'd say there was one I recently closed that, hmm, even the time that I had to go to the house and everything mm -hmm. to show that repairs were in works or whatever the case mm -hmm. would be, maybe, maybe, three and a half, four hours total. Yeah. And this was a buyer. Right, okay, And buyers okay. generally take longer. They do. So even though we had to go and confirm stuff and all that fun stuff, because I was smart enough to work a deal that was close to my home, 20-some mm -hmm. minutes from my house, mm -hmm. even all that, the whole course of the month, out of those 160 hours, if that's all a client, you know, an agent's working, three and a half hours to that one person. But what do we notice that most agents do? They put that one in, and they spend, they go, well, I got I to babysit this deal. That was I, I, I've they gotta, babysit, and they walk them through everything, single thing, and meet with them, and walk them through yeah. all the thing, and do all the driving back and forth when they don't need to do that. Now, I would say that when I got into real estate, I did the same thing. I agree. <laughs> exactly, we because we saw our money you do did, that. Right? No, you, you did. Yeah, yeah. Because you I, thought you had to. Well, I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. That's that's the honest truth. Is I had no clue what I was doing. You feel like you got to, you feel like you got to manage the whole thing. Yes. 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 No, I understand. And that yeah. is a mistake that most agents yeah. make. Is that and this isn't any sales. Is that you have to be comfortable to know that I can hand this off to somebody else in any sales Delegate. profession. Yep. Whether it's real estate or mortgage world, insurance, any sales. There's a process. Even when you're selling cars, when I sold cars years ago, there was a point to where they went and did the test drive. I didn't even go with them on the test drive. A lot of times I was no. working somebody else. That's so they, they went on the test drive with themselves because I got a copy of their insurance and their driver's right. license. And why am I getting in the way of the sale? Because do you no. like it when the sales guy sits in the back seat? I don't. It freaks me out. It freaking annoys the crap out of me. Just, it's not annoying to me. It, makes, it just makes me uncomfortable. Look, you can't he, talk about the car and you can't be real with it, him it, hovering. And honestly, when we were in the, the, the Scorpion and driving that, he looked terrified in the back seat. Yeah, we were scaring him a little well, bit. Well, he never should have been in the back seat. I had to see if this thing could really do 100. I, yeah. Theoretically. I, I warned I warned the guy one time when I told him what I was going to do, so he had warning, but I still think it freaked him out. Right. So I, he should have known that he needed to hand it back to me, and I do my thing yeah. right there. Because there's sometimes to where as what we should be doing is going, okay, I told the client this. They need to just go do it. Or... I talked to the lender, and the lender said they, they're on it and trust that you're working with a qualified lender. Same thing with title. Yeah, you'll check in every now and then, or better yet, you get an assistant. Oh, yes, definitely. That's one of the assistant. biggest changes. That's one of the biggest changes I made in my, my world. So the three and a half hours was because I had an assistant. Mm -hmm. If I hadn't had an assistant, yeah, I probably would have babysat the deal. But mm -hmm. while... They were handling all their stuff. I didn't. I let title, title, lender, lend, the inspector do its inspection. None of that stuff is my job. It's it's somebody. Coordinator, coordinate. Yeah, it's somebody <laughs> else's job. And I think yeah. I think that the problem that most people make in sales to where they get in the roller coaster is they go, well, I have to control the whole thing instead of making new business. Correct. The problem they're creating though is they may do ten thousand that month, ten thousand yeah. dollars in income that month, but. 
They put nothing in over the course of that because they're babysitting yes. everything. They did zero the next month. So you, are you a $10,000 a month earner or are you just a $5,000 a month earner? The reality is until you learn the lesson, yeah. you're a $5,000 a month earner because you've shown that you don't have the capability to consistently do $10,000. Well, because you're, your contact today is your business for future and if you have no contacts to once to leap off of once you've got this client going then you're empty again and you have to <laughs> so then the gap gets bigger in between so you have to just you have to do the ferris wheel keep going around and getting and we'll get to that in a minute yeah but what you just brought up and, and mind you this is somebody not in sales and she sees it <laughs> that the business in sales especially real estate that if you are not continually feeding new business into it, you are always 30, 60, 90 days out yeah, from that, putting somebody into most, contract. Yeah, 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 so that's why you, you can't be doing the roller coaster. No. So most agents, what we find out is they're wasting a lot of time. Oh, a ton you, of time. You're wasting so much time. Pontificating and meditating. <laughs> And, and over over analyzing and trolling and yeah. yeah it's like hey lender did you get this stock from them who the fuck cares it's not my job if I trust that lender then I then I should know that they're on it oh your lender yeah and Man. if you find out that the lenders aren't on it then that's when you change because I did that years ago uh, so that that maybe something happens yeah the other thing is is you got to figure out who else can do the work that you're saying that you yourself need to be doing. The biggest thing that I did is brought in other departments that did handle marketing for me, other departments that handled tracking down contracts and paperwork and stuff. Yeah. Do you know that I don't even know where to log in to load paperwork That's for great. a home smart is? <laughs> he doesn't like to do that anyway. I so have, it's probably not a bad thing. I have no idea where <laughs> to do it. It's like the only thing I know at the end is they do make me personally log in to hit approve on the check. Oh, see, then yes, I know something. So, but they send me a link. Yeah. Oh. If they didn't send me a facilitating link. Facilitating it. Yeah, but, but if they didn't send me a link, I wouldn't know. Yeah, right. I would be totally that's not, screwed. That's not so bad, but that, that definitely involves a huge level of trust. So you definitely have to pick people um, that you have to be able to trust and let them do their job. Yeah. So people fall into the roller coaster trap because they're babysitting their deals. Yep. They don't have people to help them out. They think that they got to be involved in literally everything in the transaction. You do not. Yeah, they just sit there. And honestly, these are all excuses to not go do what you're supposed to do. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to be prospecting, following up on appointments, and doing appointments. These are the three things that you're supposed to be doing in any sales job. Yeah. None of those, did I say, was babysit. <laughs> Yeah, because once the deal's in, once the deal's in, you got to start handing stuff off. You have to. No, well, just like a manager at a job, you have to be able. You, your job is to delegate. I, I imagine. I mean, that's what by my experience, you have to know. You have to know when to delegate, and there's a lot of aspects of real estate you have to know when to delegate. So the one on Wednesday, you know it because you've been to the home. But on that particular one, did I put the roof on the house? <laughs> no. That would have been funny. That would have been. That would have been so something. Good. That would have been something. That's so good. Did I repair the pool? Uh, no, you did not. Did I patch the stucco or <laughs> patch the drywall or paint? Uh, no, you did not. I did not. Who trashed out the property? 
Not me. Not you. Not me. Not you. It was delegated as well. It was well. delegated. Exactly. It was delegated so as well. So you could do other things. Exactly. What did I do well, instead during that time? And this is where a lot of agents screw up. Mm -hmm. What I did during that time is I took a client out and put them under contract yeah. on a $1.3 million house. Yeah. There's a lot of zeros there. There is. So I did that instead of babysitting this deal. Because if I'd been babysitting like another agent would, then I would not be getting paid next right. month. Right. Yeah. So here's what people need to do. They need to, instead of doing the roller coaster, need to be doing a Ferris wheel approach to the business. So as you're loading people on, uh, off the Ferris wheel, the people that got paid, you need to be loading new people on it. Because how does a Ferris wheel work? It, it literally loads somebody and you go, deep, you go up one level, Next seat's there. Somebody gets on. Go doop. You're up a little bit higher, and it's working its way through the process. Keeping the seats full. Yep. So you're trying to keep the seats full on it. As they're coming off, you need to always be adding new business on. So you got to analyze your business and going, am I babysitting tasks that can be handed off to somebody else? That's first and foremost. So you got to admit you have a problem. Mm. The very first thing you do, admit there is a problem, and then after that, after you admit you have a problem, you have to go, okay. So what am I doing right now that I can have somebody else do? Like, should I stop calling the lender and bugging him every other day like I used to do? <laughs> I was making it a daily task of mine when yes. I first started. I was absolutely driving these lenders crazy. <laughs> but I, I didn't know that. any better. Yeah, I, this time. I lot don't. This is where you're going to help them out early on. So right. they don't have to do the same thing you did. So... You're, if you're not going to be checking in with the lender, checking in with title, checking in, making sure they got insurance on the property, that repairs are getting done, the inspections are being coordinated, because I don't schedule my appointments for the inspections nope. or, or anything. The I don't do either. Does that. Yep. So the second thing you need to do, get an assistant. You need an assistant. Trust me. The assistant will pay for itself, because people are like, I can't afford an assistant because it's going to cost me X you, amount. You can't afford not to have the assistant. No. And most assistants in this business will get paid per deal. So, well, they get paid at close. Yeah, yeah, they get yeah. paid per deal. So, so they, they're going to get paid yeah. out of that. So it's not like you're always going to be paying them up front anyway. So right. that's something else to look at. Next thing you need to be doing is that if you're spending all 160 hours that we allocated for the month, if you're spending all of that on babysitting this one deal, Instead, why don't you take a step back and start running a schedule? Your schedule needs to have to where you're making prospecting calls, follow-up calls, and appointments. Those are the three tasks you need to be doing. Everything outside of that is delegated. You have to stop treating your business like a $20 an hour business and start treating it as a $500, $1,000 an hour business. Because if you start looking at every task you're doing and saying, is this a $1,000 an hour task or is this a $20 an hour task? What's going to end up happening is you're going to go, oh my gosh, there's all this stuff I can take off my plate, assign to somebody else, and you're going to gain hours back into your schedule. Because you see that I do a lot more income now, mm -hmm. but I actually work less yes. because of it. Other thing, track your day. Just absolutely track your day. Do this for like a week or two to where you're literally everything you're doing throughout the day, you're looking at it going, I spent this amount of time on this. You're going to find within days, honestly, it's not even going to take you a week or two. You're going to find that, oh my gosh, there's this time to where 
I picked up my phone to check the text, and the next thing you knew, I was on Facebook, looking at that, or I was on Amazon buying something. Sucked in. Yeah, you're gonna or. Yeah, you're going to find that you're... all of us. Yeah, it does. It does. But you just have to admit you have a problem and then fix the problem. So track your day. Do this for a week or two, and you're going to find out where you're wasting a lot of time. In conjunction with the running a schedule, it's going to fix a lot of things. Lastly on that, hold yourself accountable. If you find that you screwed up, admit it that you had a problem, that you screwed up, and course correct. It doesn't mean like, okay, here's a perfect example because we're, we're right at the end of the year right at the end of the year, beginning of the year, when this is going to be broadcast. You have New Year's Eve where somebody goes, I'm going to start a diet or I'm going to start exercising. They do it for a few days and they fail a day and they go, well, I guess I'll do it next year. They literally punted right off the year. Here's what I want all you to do. Hold yourself accountable. You screw up, start over. Each day's a new day. Yeah, it's a new day. Because the thing is, most salespeople do not run their business like a business. They run it defensively instead of offensively. Offensively, what I mean by that is you're prospecting, you're doing follow-up, and you're doing appointments. That's offensive. Handling paperwork, scheduling, inspections, following up with lenders, titles, all that fun stuff, that's all defensive. That's stuff that should be done by an assistant. So you have to start going from another aspect. Am I running this offensively? Or am I running this defensively? And if you're running it defensively, you got to change your approach. Once you change your business to an offensive approach, now we have a duplicatable business. And you can pass this on to scaling, adding a team of people, other agents. But that's a talk for another day on that. Lastly, you need to major in the majors and minor in the minors. What, what do you think I mean by that? Um. Well, do you, I mean, the important tasks, there are the important tasks that have to be done. You have to do those routinely. And then the lesser tasks, don't, don't, don't put too much time in the time, put the time in for the importance of the task, right? Is that what you're getting at? Like that's. Yeah. And this is from somebody not in sales and she, (laughs) she pretty much gets it, but you have, you have urgent tasks and then you have tasks that honestly, if you got rid of them. It wouldn't even matter. There's so much stuff that I don't do now that I was like, oh, my gosh, if I stop doing this, what's going to happen? You know what happened? Nothing. Nothing Nothing happened. Nothing happened. (laughs) I did have the middle stuff that was the, it's still important, but it's not urgent. It's not mine. And that's the stuff that, that, you know, I'm going to be delegating tasks like that. Which makes total sense because then it allows you to do what you need to do, Mm -hmm. what your proficiency is when... Someone else can handle mm-hmm. the task that you don't need to. Your area of expertise is better. Your energy is better put for your area of expertise on the top, you know, on the top stuff to get that moving. Like the coordinator is not going to go prospect a client for you. That's your thing to go show them, prospect the client, show them the home and stuff like that. And you've got the information. You've got, you're aware of what the market is. The coordinator is going to handle her part. So, yeah. Yep. Well said. <laughs> So sum it all up, we want to change your business from a roller coaster to a Ferris wheel. So hopefully you got some good tips out of this episode. So we're going to wrap this one up. So until next time, here's what I need you to do. Share, like, comment, leave a review. Friends and enemies alike, we want everybody to get better. This is what we need to do. And until next time, go out and be the kick-ass adult. I know you all can be.